You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 10, with your hosts, Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 10 of the Geek Watch Podcast. My name is Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello out there, and hello, Brian. Well, hello, Mandy. So, I wanted to kind of start out with something to, um, a little different today, because I, I, I don't know about you, but especially with not only with this podcast, but also with... Uh, the real deal, I get accused a lot of being a Marvel fanboy, that I'm, <laughs> I'm all about Marvel movies, and I don't really care. Well, they seem to put out a lot more, oh, uh, that's, that's, uh, oh, never mind, uh, that yeah. was oh, too punny. Uh, they just seem to be more active as, you know, fairly recently, so there's just a lot more mm-hmm. coming from Marvel right now. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, of course, you know, DC, DC and, and Warner Brothers trying are, to catch up. Yeah, they're, they're definitely playing. They're definitely playing catch up mm-hmm. to to whatever level of success that you may feel that that is. But I just wanted to kind of point out that with Mar, you know, I, I do love Marvel movies. I don't think that they're all perfect. I mean, I've had my issues with some films, uh, but for the most part, I've been very, I've been pretty happy with what they've put out. But if Warner Brothers happens to do something noteworthy i have no problem with with talking about that i mean wonder woman is the best example of that i I think they really knocked that one out of the park and uh, unfortunately for warner brothers they're not exactly sure how it worked so i think that they're really going to be busy trying to figure that out but one thing that definitely works for warner brothers that i think that they have marvel just beat all to pieces has to be their animation whenever Mm. they put out any kind of animated Mm -hmm. television show or they put out uh, an animated movie, it's it's top notch. It's it's, yeah. it's amazing quality. I mean, Batman the animated series probably one of the best animated superhero oh, movies yeah. ever on television. I mean, look, uh, yeah, I think that we who grew up as kids in the '90s just don't realize how lucky we were mm-hmm. to have uh, that those really good shows uh, on. And I mean, so many uh, characters. I mean, Harley Quinn was born of Batman the Animated Series. She was right. not an original to the comic book. They wanted to give a little more dynamic to the Joker in that animated series, so they gave her a, gave him a girlfriend and a, she was based on a dream sequence on a soap opera where the the girl who actually ended up voicing her was playing a clown like in a renaissance, you know, a kind of harlo- harlequin costume, uh the uh, Commedia dell'arte, the Harlequin costume, or maybe a little more Pierrot, uh, if you study Commedia dell'arte nerd. or something. <laughs> Theater nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it was uh, Arlene Sorkin, that was yes, her name. Uh-huh. That was her name. So, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, and the thing is, Marvel's, they put out some pretty decent animated series, mm-hmm. animated Oh, X Men, X Men, Spider Man. Yeah, that was those were my Saturday mornings and right. my my afternoons. Uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, when you look at when you look at things like you know Batman the animated series, you look at the their Justice League animated series. I mean, mm-hmm. there was some really solid storytelling. Superman go- the animated series. Yeah, yeah, there was some really good storytelling going on there that was just just absolutely amazing. That I that you know it really set the bar. And when you look at although it didn't do as well in the theaters, when you look at the uh, Batman um, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you you ever got did you get a chance to see that I'm I'm sure I did um just as you know kind of uh, but I'm not I'm not certain that I can remember that I that I can separate it from the animated series right. that it all kind of runs together in my head you know cuz like I said that was my childhood and they all you know I can remember yeah. all those things and uh, Yeah I mean that. the the phantasm the the, the character was this this robed uh cowled character with a, like a death's head mask and one of the hands was like a sickle so it's sort of like a, a grim reaper type character yeah. but uh what was so it was kind of a unique character that wasn't something from the comics but what was fascinating about that about that uh movie was it was all about Bruce Wayne wondering if he made the right decision to become batman mm. how, what, how different would his life have been had he not taken the cow had he become sort of ba- a it's a wonderful life kind of in a, in a what sense if, what if batman hadn't been born yeah, yeah. There's basically uh, there's a, a woman that comes back into his life and he starts to you know uh, he's content with her and happy with her and he, you know he's thinking you know Perhaps I didn't make the wrong decision. Maybe I should just hang all of this up, you know, and be with her. And there's all these twists and turns along the way. So it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's just, it's it's a 100% like a romance story. But it's certainly a different take on the Batman legend, although it is it fits really well. It has romance while not exactly being only romantic. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, again, I mean, we always... I mean, all of us have had those moments where we wonder how different our life would have been if we did turn left mm-hmm. instead of turn right or whatever. Ah, uh, very Doctor Who. Very there Doctor Who, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, something I always, you know, uh, like you know, I've talked about with you and with Kevin from the Real Deal about what was great about the animated series is it gave voice to all these characters that we don't get in the movies. Um, we don't get Clayface and we don't get the Mad Hatter in the movies. Um, you know, in the 1960s, we got, you know, a couple, you know, uh, but really that, I think when it came to the 1960s, which I love, that's where I first fell in love with Batman. My seventh birthday cake was a Batman cake. And I know for girls, that's not out of the ordinary today, but in 1990, a girl having a Batman cake was probably, you know, a little out of the ordinary, and it said pow and bam, because I loved Adam West Batman, and I watched it, but uh, it seemed to have to do with their guest stars. You know, they kind of, uh, okay, we're going to have this guest star on here. Let's create a villain to fit that guest star. Um, we're going to have Liberace, so we're going to have a piano player named Shandell, uh, and oh, some of the... Oh, Zsa uh, Zsa Gabor, and she was like something with diamonds, and it seems like they were really catering to their guest stars. But with the animated series, I think they found they took the characters from the comic books that you never get to see in the movies, and they said, "Well, what, how can we give voice to them? Who would make a great Mad Hatter? Roddy McDowell, you know, and who would make you know, 
who would make this great character of the Grey Ghost? Uh, let's yeah, bring, bring Adam West, Adam West in. That's, yes. That was an amazing story. Mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I love that story. Uh, and, of course, I grew up with Adam West and Burt Ward. Yes. And one of the things that, again, that Warner Brothers Animation did was, of course, DC, they had a comic series called Batman 66. Which I still haven't seen. You've told me about and I still yeah. haven't got to see it. Yeah, so there, there, there mm-hmm. are actually now two movies that are done in that style. And they brought and Burt William- Ward... William Shatner did did who? Two Face. Two Face. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's uh, we had discussed um, retro retro casting. If we could have cast who we wanted as you know these characters back then, and uh, I always uh, thought that um, oh Margaret O'Brien would make a great uh, Harley Quinn. She had that perfect voice for it, and she was the proper age. And I would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. her as. Uh, Oh yeah, de- mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. There, there was a lot of there was a lot of great casting, and I think they, of course, they never had Two Face in the original series, the '66 series. But I mean, absolutely, William Shatner. You could have seen him. Yeah, he's been perfect. He could have just popped over from the set from uh, from Star Trek and been like, you know, paint me up for a second, and I'll <laughs> there you I'll go. be back on the Enterprise. Exactly. And Afternoon. So, and I haven't had a chance to watch any of those. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick them up because I'm, again, I'm a big fan of that. And like I say, that's the, the casting for that was just just amazing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to bring you know Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar back as yes. as, as mm-hmm. Catwoman, although well, the best Catwoman, it's kind of a toss up for me because yes, I'm, I'm Eartha Kitt all the yeah. way she's just her voice but i have a thing for voices and eartha kit she was always my favorite Catwoman, and just she could roll her tongue and purr she was just my favorite oh yeah and the thing about it is there were there was there was a a strength to her uh because that was just eartha kit eartha mm-hmm. kit was a was a powerful strong woman who didn't put up with a lot of stuff i mean it takes somebody with some moxie to you know, mm-hmm. to to be in the same room with the first lady and give her a dressing down because she felt she needed it. I mean, to the <laughs> point where they were gonna, uh, you know, the FBI got involved. But Eartha Kitt, she was definitely that person who you know was not afraid to to speak her truth and speak you know speak her mind. And she made, I mean, when she was Catwoman, you had no doubt that she was not somebody you wanted to cross. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gosh, yeah. and all those all those women. Well, I don't think there's ever been an ugly cat woman, but gosh, they were just so gorgeous and that they're perfect hourglass shapes. I mean, how you know, how did they how were they even shaped like that? And they were just beautiful and uh Yvonne Craig, you know, just how they looked so uh as Batgirl, how they all looked so good in that, you know, uh spandex. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, a lot well, you know, Yvonne Craig, of course, she had her uh uh, she was a dancer, so that mm-hmm. that helps. And of course, she was she she also had a, a moment in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was one of the Orion. She, she was she was an Orion slave girl yes. who mm-hmm. had gone insane and had killed people. She so she was in a space asylum. Yes. So I do remember. Yeah, I do remember that episode, and she did. She danced in that, and mm-hmm. uh, yes, she did some Disney stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the 66 show, there was, as as cheesy as it was, but of course, when you're that young, you don't notice yes. it. Yes. Uh-huh. You just, just cool. love it, and it's colorful, and it makes you happy. And... Yeah. And, uh, you know, the mo- 
I remember the movie, which was great. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the movie. Shark repellent. The, the bat, bat shark. shark repellent. You know, is, is that, is, of course, you watch it later and then you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's a lot of tongue planted firmly in cheek stuff, but mm-hmm. it was still. And what was, uh, so when I was a kid, you know, and I loved Batman and everything. So it was just natural for my family to take me to see Keaton and see Tim Burton's Batman. Well, when they took me, I fell asleep and I didn't get to see it in the theater. <laughs> I was a kid, oh so my. it was it was later that I finally got to see it. But I, I was when Batman Returns uh, came along. I was you know very hyped after I had seen uh, Batman. I was really hyped to go see and see Catwoman and get excited about. Oh yeah, that. well that the, the Michelle Pfeiffer is yes. Catwoman. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, another iconic, just right. kind of a absolutely mm-hmm. uh, very enjoyable. But uh, going back to the to the Warner Brothers and animation, I think what kind of sp- what kind of spurned on this uh, the, my idea to talk about this is I saw a trailer the other day, and uh, you said you've seen it today. Did after you told me about it at lunch? Batman Ninja. Yeah. That to, to give you an idea. Pause this. Pause this. Uh, this this uh, podcast. Pause <laughs> this podcast. Go on YouTube, Batman Ninja, watch it, and yeah. then come back here. And I'll tell you what, what I'll do is if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, you should you should see a card for this already, and I'll put a link in the description so that uh, you can check it out. But yeah, you, this is something you definitely want to see before we, uh, be- before we start talking about it. But one thing I can definitely tell you, I've had a long history... Uh, with anime, it started twenty some years ago. I th- back in nineteen, I don't know if it was nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. when uh, at the West Virginia International Film Festival, they had a showing of Akira. Uh, yeah, that's the first one I can remember. Yeah, uh, and I it was like, oh, it's an animation from Japan. Now, well, that's interesting. I had never really, un- I I never heard of anime. I, right. I, I, and after watching it, it was like. I came out of the theater exhausted. Mm-hmm. It, there was just so much going on, and it was it it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I was hooked at that moment. Yeah. I loved anime. And I had seen Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, not Dragon Ball Kai, whatever. I had seen the first Dragon Ball, little kid, Goku, and all of that. And then I saw Sci Fi had Festival of Anime, and so I watched and I watched Akira. But I was a kid when I watched it, so. That was one of those movies that I remember watching and not understanding. So when I was able to see it again as an adult, I was, I was thinking, oh, I'll be able to understand it now that I'm an adult. And then I watched, I still didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot going on in that, in oh, that movie, goodness. definitely. Uh-huh. But I, like I said, I've been a, I've been a, uh, a fan of anime for decades mm-hmm. now. And... When I saw that they were going to be doing an anime of Batman, it, it makes sense. I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of there was a lot, and not just in the style of anime, uh, like you know, just the the graphics and everything. Like in English, just you know, it's Batman in that in that animated style, but actual story arc in the way that an anime. Yeah, I mean, is, they, anime has some crazy, crazy storylines. It's mm-hmm. like opera. Yeah, and the uh, and the thing is, they they got. The top artists, anime artists, directors, uh, soundtrack producers, I mean, it's all from there. They just basically gave Batman, you know, to these top anime 
voice actors and you know and just basically said run with it do what you're going to you know give us an anime with Batman in it and well I mean I mean you got people who who worked on um who did production and did work for Afro Samurai Kill a Kill a bunch of other a bunch of other anime I mean these were I mean these are top names in I mean these are these people know what they're doing with anime obviously I mean they're they're your your, your top tier people people that you you can think of when you when you're thinking about anime and it just it's so beautiful it does look it does it looks absolutely beautiful but uh brian i did have to question well i had to become very realistic with my ignorance of what i thought of as a ninja versus what i thought of a samurai um and you know i'm an appalachian white girl why would i know this but uh looking at everything that's in there what batman he he reminds me of what I thought a samurai looked like. Yeah, he's with definitely the, with the big shoulder armor and stuff. And I always think of a ninja as with shorter swords and with uh you know tight body armor close to your body so that you could uh, move much better. Yeah. So I, I'm not. Certain. I think I, I think for um, that he gets that they call him a ninja because of course he's mostly a, a knight type individual. And so there's sort of that spirit, that sort of a ninja spirit. Although he is definitely a a samurai, and in pretty much every aspect that you can think of. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, in the animated series, you know, he trains. He trains. Yes. Uh-huh. He, and he, he says that he doesn't want. He he would he would rather be a samurai than a ninja. It's like even though he takes on some of the aspect of the ninja, he considers himself uh, a. What you would consider a Ronin, the um, code, yeah. um, I suppose would. Yes, that 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 noble code, but mm-hmm. yeah, he would be considered a Ronin. In other words, he is a masterless samurai. Mm. Um, samurai, for the most part, they they served under some fiefdom, you know, um, but uh, there were samurai uh, who were called Ronin, who were uh, who basically might work for hire, but they 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 weren't under. They weren't under the command of a, of a general or an army or or a king. They they had just had their own code or more well, mercenary. They, well, they 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 weren't necessarily mercenary, mm-hmm. but but they were just um, they were. I wouldn't say like rogue knights, but mm-hmm. uh, they certainly believed in this in the samurai code. They were just not. Uh, they just didn't serve under, or ma- you know, they didn't have a master. Basically, mm-hmm. they were masterless. It's like. Uh, like the movie The Seven Samurai, uh, the Magnificent Seven, right? Then which, which was became based on, into uh, yeah. became a western. Yeah, these seven, these seven samurai they were all Ronin and they were hired by this village to to protect them. Mm-hmm. And so there were some samurai who were just that were basically just that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely Batman is he is the full blown samurai very well. And then you know making Joker into that very anime villain. Um, the Lord of the Seventh Hell, <laughs> Lord Joker, uh, and there's so I mean, a lot of the uh, in the trailer there was there were a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people to see in there, and some of them went by so fast you mm-hmm. might not have noticed it. But you know you had I mean in the Batman family, of course you got Batman, you've got Robin, you've got Red Robin, you've got Catwoman, you've got Alfred, and. Uh, and Harley was in there. And Harley yeah. was in there. Well, I, yeah, I mean, and you've got also, I, I saw, um, um, 
who was it? Red Hood. There was a version. Oh, I did of Red... not see that. Yeah. Huh. There, um, and so, and, and along with that, you know, you had, you had, of course, Joker and Harley Quinn, but you also had a Penguin was in there. I mean, they go by so fast. Yeah. Uh, Deathstroke was in there. I'm going to have to, you know, go Poison. back and watch yeah, we'll it watch very it. slowly we'll, again. Yeah, we'll watch it again, and I'll point him out. <laughs> uh, Poison Ivy is in there. Mm. Uh, Clayface and Gorilla Grodd. They put Gorilla Grodd. I did see Gorilla. Yeah. yeah. Gorilla Grodd was pretty obvious, but I'm like, he's usually uh, he's usually a Flash villain, but it was interesting to kind of bring him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Two-Face is in there also. I forgot to mention Two-Face. Don't think I noticed him either. Wow. I'm well, gonna... we'll like maybe yeah. before you know after we wrap up here, I'll play this for you again. Like, oh, there, there you go, there you wow. go. Wow. But there was yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they hit the gambit. I have no idea exactly how much they're you know yeah, what the what... story is going to be about because I mean the nice thing about the trailer is it doesn't tip off too much, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it's going. To, it looks like it's going to be a solid anime story with a lot of of that flavor in it. Yeah, and, and you know, I've I'm... seen lots of you know fan art like uh, Jedi's um, drawn as samurai or Disney princesses drawn as anime girls, and uh, so thinking is this kind of like that, or are we looking at something like uh, Hamlet and Klingon? Yeah. Are we kind of looking at the story? If the same thing happened in a different culture, because mm-hmm. the culture is so different than than American culture, and there's you know this, uh, like I, I guess here if you know, like family honor, mm-hmm. you know, isn't uh, well. I mean, I guess, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the thing I don't know how to, to well, describe it. It's you know, you're looked down on uh, if if you disgrace your family. Yeah. And then over, you know, over here, you know, if you do something that might disgrace your family, your family's going to uh, kind of try to help you and lift you up in uh, certain ways. So. Well, I mean, I, I would definitely say that the one thing about Batman Ninja is, you know, we have an, I mean, you have an actual society and culture. And... By having that culture, you know, having them not just involved in the process, but they actually, they're actually making making the art, is that you're not going to see something that I would say is derivative of of the culture. It's definitely going to be, it's it's, it's definitely going to be solid in what you expect from an anime. In a sense, it's it's an anime with Batman in it. But what I really like is. Although you have Batman, basically the character, Batman is the modern Batman. He is pulled back into time to find in feudal Japan hmm. these characters that that look like people that, you know, mm-hmm. back home. And that is a bit of a, a trope in certain animes. Mm-hmm. I know uh, that's uh, how Inuyasha that happens, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think there are some others. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of, uh, you know, going back in time and... Right, and so, and so, real. So basically, what's what's great is you do have the modern Batman in feudal Japan, but at the same time, that character does work there. I mean, Batman, his his uh, the the type of the character that he is, and he's got that. He does have that background, you know, in 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 Japanese martial arts mm-hmm. and. He certainly studied them. He studied a lot of them, and he Japanese culture has been, 
you know, at least in the periphery of, of the Batman character. And so putting him in feudal Japan is not that, it, it's not that much of a stretch. It works. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's going to be really fascinating to, to watch, to, to see that. They haven't said yet when it's going to come out. We just know it's going to be sometime in 2018. You know, I see... I think there's a lot more of like when it comes to remaking, reimagining more from the Asian culture into uh, like our Western culture, you know, like old boy uh, from Korea and then coming over here. And I've, I've watched them both, the the Korean and the American. And of course, the American made more sense to me, uh, you know, the difference in the stories. Uh, but, I, you know, I didn't grow up with that culture. Uh, there's one really interesting um it was an English novel called Fingersmith, and then they uh, they transposed it into Japan, the time when Japan was occupying Korea, and they called it they called it uh, I think they may have even called it a Handmaid's Tale or The Handmaid, something like that, and it worked like that, you know. It and oddly enough, you know, it, from Victorian England to uh, um, J- uh, Japan occupied Korea, and it still works. So mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. It's I mean, there are some uh, certainly uh, certainly there are there are differences in our culture, but there are some things where we're we're definitely all the so same. So human, <laughs> yeah. Where we're absolutely. <laughs> but for me, the the besides the fact that I'm just absolutely love anime, being able to see Batman translated in, into Japanese culture so seamlessly is going to be two things that you love two things that i love so and again you know that's that's one thing that japan's really good at is they'll they they can adopt they can adopt western culture Mm -hmm. but they then they give their little spin on it just like you know the japanese kit kat you know oh the mashed potatoes and green tea and (laughs) yeah you know but uh you know it's because they fell in love with they fell mm-hmm. in love with the Kit Kat, and uh, they put their little twist on it. So, or several, several dozen twists on, on the Kit Kat. So, many, 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 many. different types of kit, uh, of, the, of the Kit Kats. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be. I, I, of course, when uh, if I, when we get a chance to, when this comes out, I'm and I get a chance to watch it. It's going to be definitely something we can talk about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. After, you know, we kind of do a, a, a review on it, mm-hmm. a mini review when we get uh, when it finally does. Should that come be out. maybe the real deal, and then we can get on here and? Uh. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, <laughs> the real deal is mostly. I, I don't think it's gonna sh- it's gonna show up in theaters. It's gonna be uh, like a home release, and mm-hmm. and and with real deal with me and Kevin, we tend to just do uh, theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, certainly that might be something. It, once we've seen it, maybe we bring Kevin in for a third, you know, and mm-hmm. we, you know, as a guest, and we can talk about it. Now, the the joke, the person they've got to voice the Joker, I mean, he's got a pretty Mark Hamill-ish laugh to him. Uh, so, if they were to dub this in English, would you be happy with Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, or would you want something com- want someone completely different? Well, if you're doing the if you're doing the dub, I, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill would be fine. Mm-hmm. For me, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of of doing uh, of of watching anime with the dubs. Mm-hmm. I, pref- I I and it's the same with foreign movies. Um, I prefer to listen to. I, I prefer to hear the the language, even though I don't understand it, mm-hmm. and, and read read the, the subtitles. Yeah, mm-hmm. because um, 
especially with Japanese, it's not just the it, it's not just the words, but it's how they're said. Mm-hmm. Jap- Japanese language, the way it's delivered, its inflection, it's it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I know. know that with uh, at least Mandarin, they have tones. Right. You have in your the, your tone of voice changes the meaning of a word. Yeah. Um, and Cantonese, there are seven tones. So Mandarin, there are four. Cantonese, there are seven. Um, and I know that like. How we look at the number 13 is bad luck. They look at the number 4 is bad luck because the same word means death with a different tone. Right. So they look at the number 4 is bad luck. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not as much of that with Japanese. It's just that the way that the way that they speak, it, it, ha- it has a way of carrying. I mean, the, the difference between, uh, you know, like in English saying yes and the Japanese going, hi. You know, there's, it's a, it's a different, I mean, it carries, in a sense, I, I to me, Japanese seems to carry a lot more emotion in, in the way that it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a, there's a, it lends itself to drama. It, mm-hmm. re, it really does. I mean, Kabuki theater for Pete's sake, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And of course, we get a chance to see it. And 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 just so that you know, somebody doesn't listen to this podcast and like, oh, those DC fanboys, because you can't make people happy. <laughs> I, I will say briefly that I did see a trailer for Into the Spider Verse, and I'm looking forward to that too. Is that a video game? Into the Spider Verse is going to be an animated. Uh, Sony's putting this out. It is oh. a Spider-Man okay uh, movie, but. Uh, not Peter Parker Spider Man, Miles Morales Spider Man. Mm. Um, so is this the Ultimates verse or what's? Yeah, that? it's the Ultimates okay. verse. All right. Uh, and in the Ultimates verse, of course, they 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 did retellings of their of their main characters. Mm-hmm. And you had I knew of it. I'm not. I can't say that I'm familiar enough with oh, it. Yeah. To... Well, the cla- I mean, the classic thing that they think. Of, of course, instead of having the Avengers, you had the Ultimates, and. Uh, they were same but different. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Captain America was very gung ho, very right wing. Hmm. Uh, one of the line that he's famous for saying is, "Getting into a fight for some, uh, getting in a fight." This was like an alien invasion, and they told him to surrender. And he says, "Surrender? What do you think this A on my forehead stands for? France?" <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and of course the the fight he had with the Hulk, where he just kicked him right in the junk. So, uh, because that's how your cap that. So, um, but of course you had Peter Parker, Spider-Man in that, in that universe. And then, you know, but he was a skinny high school kid, you know, mm-hmm. so they kind of started back over. But what wound up happening was Peter Parker dies. He, mm. he gets, he gets killed in the line of duty, so to speak. And so mm. Miles Morales takes on the mantle of Spider-Man. Apparently when Peter Parker died, his power didn't just leave the world and Miles Morales suddenly became Spider-Man. And so... So is, is there a, is there an explanation of how he acquired the powers? Was it... Like, I think of Madam Web because of the animated series. Right. <laughs> I don't even know if she's in the comic books or yes, not. Is she, she okay? Started, she started out in the comic books. Uh-huh. But... There's been a lot of stuff in the comic books that that Spider-Man he just doesn't he, it wasn't that he just got powers. Uh the world needs a spider totem. Mm-hmm. 
and that he was that totem. He was a representation mm. of, you know, of that animal spirit in in some aspect. And I was thinking of a Nazi, the the uh, the spider trickster god. Oh yeah, Nazi. and 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 a Nazi, yeah. and a Nazi, yeah, yeah. But he, uh, but uh, and in the Ultimates universe, when Peter Parker died, that ability passed on to Miles Morales. And mm. now, you, of course, you you didn't see Homecoming yet. Nope. Mm-mm. But Miles Morales's uncle it uh, shows up in Homecoming. Hmm. Uh, I don't want to say any more about okay. it than that. But so Miles Morales, uh, he's he is definitely tied into this uh, um, into the Spider-Man world in the Ultimates universe in that in that uniform in in that universe. And of course, there was a lot of talk when um, when they decided to co- combine those worlds. Uh, who is going? Who's going to stay and who's going to go? Was is going to be Peter Parker, older Peter Parker? Was he going to stay being Spider Man, or were they mm-hmm. going to kill him off and were they going to have Miles Morales take over? And there wasn't a there wasn't a an easy answer for that mm. because both of them are, are amazing characters. And again, go in a sense where Warner, where um, Warner Brothers does well with animations. I think Marvel does pretty well with comic books, which is that ability to kind of look at different takes with characters. For example, Spider Gwen. <laughs> you, have you heard of this? I don't think I have. It's yes, Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Yeah, because what happens is in the uh, in one universe, Peter Parker doesn't get he doesn't get bitten. Gwen Stacy gets bitten, huh. and so they they call the character Spider Gwen, but. She calls herself Spider Woman, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a really interesting take on the character, huh. definitely. But yeah, Spider Gwen, I'll have to show you a picture of, of her. She, it's amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's awesome. But um, but yeah, going back to like I said, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to into the Spider Verse mm-hmm. uh, because there's some there's some developments that are going to look like that they're going to be in here that came from the comics, which will be fascinating. It'll be interesting to, to see. But again, going back to Warner brothers, it's like when it comes to their animation, they're, they're willing, their willingness to take risks and to explore characters and kind of do some things that, uh, are, are, are interesting, which in the, you know, in their comic book movies, their live action movies, they just don't seem to have the will to do that, <laughs> which is a shame, which is a shame. And now that everything is really shaking up over at Warner Brothers and they're trying to figure out this whole DC thing, you know, what they're going to do, because they've basically canceled a lot of the movies that they were going to make. I mean, there's not going to be a Man of Steel 2. That's been taken off the books. Mm. Justice League 2 has been taken off the books. Really? Yeah. I was unaware of that. Yeah, they're, um, I mean, they're making Aquaman now, mm-hmm. or I don't know if they're still doing principal sh- uh, shooting, and I think there was, like, one other film that they've got scheduled that they're working on, but besides that, after that, they're, huh. it's, you know, they're, I think once they get um, Walter Hamada in, he's and let him decide where they're going to go from there. They're, they may wind up doing a reboot, and it may seem like that's too soon. But I mean, look how you know we went from Andrew Garfield's mm-hmm. Spider-Man, you know, like a year later, two like, years. It I don't feels know. like it feels like yeah. it's just like a couple a couple of years, mm-hmm. 
But yeah. I felt that way with Superman Returns and Man of Steel. I was like, didn't they just do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, so reboots, whether they're going to reboot the whole thing, I don't know. But I have to agree with a lot of people. A straight reboot's not going to fix everything, and you're going to wind up throwing out the baby with the bathwater because you've got that one good movie you made. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, and you you want to keep doing that. Right. You, you kind of want to keep doing that. So I don't know what's going to happen. But in the Just meantime... Wait and see. In the meantime, we've got some we've got some really solid Warner Brothers animation coming out that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. So... Excellent. So... That should just about do it for okay. uh, this week, and uh, so uh, hopefully, you guys, if you've uh, if you've listened to this and you're enjoying it, certainly share it on your uh, social media. Uh, if you're on iTunes or you're on uh, Facebook or YouTube, you know, give us a give us a thumbs up. Uh, and in com- if there's a comment section wherever you're listening, feel free to, you know, if you got topics you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Yeah, because uh, we mm-hmm. we love talking about geek stuff. So yes, if you want to know what what color Brian's hair is now, he actually dyed it. Oh what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I dyed it. It's, it's, I'm dyeing it gray slowly. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, very very subtly so that nobody notices. So okay, so until uh, uh, until next time, this is Brian Hatcher from Andy Petri and uh, the Geek Watch Podcast. Uh, Be proud of your geek, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.